in faith promise. How's everybody doing today? Y'all glad to be in the house of God this weekend. Welcome, welcome promisers from all of our campuses. Thrilled to have you guys from Anderson and Camla North and Blunt, our internet campus, our Pellissippi campus. God behind bars. Hey guys, 200 last weekend Easter. Way to go inviting, man. It's amazing what God did at all of our campuses last weekend. So exciting. Man, never been more proud to be your pastor. 17,250 people, 261 baptisms, and it was a team effort. From the parking lots to the greeters to the ushers to the tech teams to altar counselors to our baptism folks to our worship leaders and people that worked for months and months leading up to that, it was a team effort and Jesus was honored and people's lives were changed forever. Amen. We praise God for what he did, his resurrection power. It was unleashed, so many people rescued, it's amazing. Also, just Micah, the creative team, uh, writing, shooting, acting, editing, uh, all of our team, it was all our people, our actors, actresses, they did a great job, didn't they? Way to go, Micah and team. Adam, Justin, Drew, all of our guys, it was absolutely amazing. So we launched a new series this weekend called Madness. And we all have experienced madness from our emotions, have we not? From time to time, we all walk in and, and can't control our emotions and all kind of things happen. They just literally, they drive us mad. So we thought, what better way to launch a series on emotions than interviewing the three guys that the movie was made from. So welcome Rick and his wife and Bob and his wife and Bill and his wife. Welcome them this weekend. Exciting to have them. Exciting. So as we take some time to think about this, Micah, you, uh, this whole thing was, was your idea. So how did we get from me preaching on Easter to you doing a movie? I'm not sure how we made that leap. How'd that work? We try so hard to find different ways to tell the same story. Easter and Christmas are the same stories in the Bible. And so we try our best to find stories that will relate to an audience and really, and we found the story, we found Jan's journal of, 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 these guys' um, trek and their exploration and all the issues that went on. We wanted to do it for Christmas and realized we wanted to put the full force of our resources, which is Easter, into that story. And it was just an amazing thing. It was, it was awesome to, to work on. It, it was incredible. Rick, uh, you and Christy, you guys have been a part of Faith Promise Church for over 10 years. I don't know how long. And our families, we've been such close friends. So uh, how did you feel, Rick, when you saw the movie? Well, I was looking forward to it after uh, reading the script. I always wondered up until then how they could take, um, you know, a several-hour ordeal and put it into 20 minutes. And so at, when it came to us watching the premiere that first night, which was just our families and all, you know, there's, there was a lot of, well, how are they going to show what actually happened and so on. And, but when we got to see it, I was amazed at how they had captured uh, the story in their film, you know, in a short film like that. And they had captured, you know, how God had worked in our lives and our family lives, which is really what it was all about. And then when we were able to watch it uh, during the Easter services, when you tied, you know, God's rescue message into it, it was like watching a totally different film. It was like being able to watch something we were not or had not been involved in. It was more you know, a story, a great story about how God has rescued all of us. And that was just dynamic. Just blew me away. It was mm. awesome. Awesome. Now, Bill, 
uh, you, are, you are out there, you've fallen, the weather was nice. Now, we, there was no way that we could catch how terrible it was. It was the whole movie, the whole story happened at night. It's a, in, in a blinding snowstorm. So you've fallen, you're on a ledge, death literally all around you. How did you feel when you were on that ledge thinking you might die? Well, of all the emotions that went into it, um, the, the peace of God was, was the strongest lesson that I took off took off the mountain. Um, from the very beginning, when Rick had, he had to travel about 45 minutes to a spot on the top of the mountain to be able to get a phone signal. So <clears throat> when he did that, and he did the, all the calling the sheriff's department and Jan and Christy, and he came back and it was dark. <clears throat> and uh, uh, all, of, all of the news that I kept getting from the, on the radio was bad. Um, and it, you know, and I, and I realized that um, it was almost hopeless. And uh, <clears throat> but every time I heard bad news, God, I just would feel it in my soul, His peace. And every time radio would crack and I would get bad news over hours, that it, it, you know, went. Uh, but just the peace of God, every time I got bad news, it would, he would just give me more of his grace and more of his peace. And um, um, as we go through life, we, we're all going to be on that mountain, uh, every person in this room. And when the Israelites crossed over the Jordan River, uh, God told the priests to take 12 stones from the river and make a monument. And then for, that, for the reason for it, they can tell their children and their grandchildren what God has done for them. And they can look back at that monument. And, and I look back at that time on the mountain, and that was my monument that what God can do, not just saving you, but that he will be with you, no matter what the outcome will be. And I honestly uh, <clears throat> didn't think it would turn out real good. But I had the peace of God, and I cannot explain it. So now, in this series, Madness, our, our key verse is going to be Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. And it really says that the peace of God that passes all understanding shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And, and Bill, what you're saying is, is, is death was literally all around you, and you know what the peace of God tastes like now and feels like. Well, you know, um, it's going to be so much better when we're gone. To when we go to heaven and be with the Lord. And, uh, but it doesn't mean that I wanted to die because I had these emotions. You know, I'd get real sad of the thought that I wouldn't see Jan and, and my, my children and my grandchildren. But, but aside from that, it was just, just a perfect peace. Mm. Now, Jan, uh, two questions. Number one, uh, you know, uh, Bill was real unhappy when he found out that you knew. So he didn't want you to actually know. So A, why did Rick call you? And then B, how did you feel when you, when you realized that Bill was in trouble? Well, Rick's quote to Christy when he called, he said, I want you and others to pray because I know that we will need some power, powerful prayer for this to work out. And Rick said he knew that I would start a prayer chain. And I did. Um, when I first got the call from Christy, it was about 9 o'clock at night. 
and I felt like it was just a wall of terror. I was weak. Um, a few minutes later, it turned to panic, heart pounding, can't catch my breath, my hands are shaking, and I knew I had to let people know to pray. So I started calling, uh, texting, call everybody you know to pray. I put it on Facebook. So exponentially, the prayers went out immediately. It was mm. like a stone in a still uh, pond of water. Amen. So now, Rick, do you, do you, did you feel the prayer of the people that were praying for you that you find and you bring your buddy back? You know, I, I kind of have to look back on it to see that. But yeah, there were a couple of times that night when uh, I just felt like I couldn't go on any longer. And I was emotionally drained and I was, you know, physically spent. And, you know, in both times, God encouraged me uh, to continue on when I was ready to come down off the mountain. And I thought, you know, if I can, I'll come back tomorrow. <clears throat> but, I, you know, in looking back on that, I fully believe now that it was uh, everybody's prayers that enabled God to speak to me like that. And God knew what encouragement I needed to uh, continue on. And I think this was just all due to the prayers of everyone that was praying at that time. I mean, now, Christy, you've been married to Rick for, for a, a lot of years, so... There was no wonder in your mind whether he was going to take off after his buddy. We, we know that. How did you feel when, when the full re realization of what was going on hit you? I'm not sure the realization really hit us all until it was all over, of just how dangerous it really was and what, what God had done. But um, I remember being very, very concerned about Bill and not really realizing what Rick was going to have to go through to get him. It was one thing for him to say, I'm going to go find him. But, you know, we couldn't visualize what that really meant. So I think uh, I felt confident in, uh, in the Lord. I felt confident in Rick's ability and his determination to do this. But people praying, um, they prayed over things that we didn't know to pray. We didn't have any idea what all he was going through, but the Lord knew, and, and people were praying in the spirit of the Lord, and that's brought about a beautiful rescue. Prayer is so important. I mean, not even realizing it would give the boost that Rick needed, and all of us who need to be covered by prayer. Now, Bob, you're quarterback in this deal. Rick is out. You're trying to guide Rick to get to Bill. You're also trying to keep Bill awake so that he doesn't freeze to death. He always, he's, he's not, doesn't have any winter gear on because the day was nice. Now he's falling. He's, he's soaking wet. His leg is broke. He's at the bottom of his cliff. And you're, you're trying to quarterback this. And now you realize, you know, it's potential. I could lose both my friends. What, what was going on in your mind? Well, the ordeal really began earlier that afternoon when Bill got lost and was just disoriented and uh, from that point uh, Rick and I are trying to na help him navigate out then he falls and our family had recently gone through a situation where we nearly lost one of our boys and um, like Bill, it was a very dire situation, but we had people praying. I knew, I did not know how to pray for my son. I was so devastated, um, but I knew others were praying for Bill. And before Rick even went to make the phone call, we prayed, and we and 
we knew we had to get a, a, a chain going. And so, you know, of course that might cross my mind, you know, what would I do or say if the worst happened? But I pushed it out of my mind and we were always focused on what we needed to do. You know, it was yeah. always very clear too what we needed to do. So when you were out there, did you have Funyuns and uh, potato chips? I did, I did want to address that. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, I thought I, you might want to share a word about that. I, I understand when you do, do um, something like this, you need to use some license in telling the story. But I, I did not have uh, Pringles and uh, cookies and candy <laughs> stuck, stuck in my coat. Yeah. Um, all those things were in my backpack. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, now, it's real important to know how to use your your equipment, right? No question <laughs> about that. Now, when I understand that you gave some serious instruction to Rick and Bill when they got together that that they they weren't gonna. What what'd you well, tell? Well, I have had some medical training. I was a medic in the army mm -hmm. and. Uh, I knew we had to conserve their body heat, what little they had. And when Rick got there, I told them both they needed to strip down naked and just cuddle and cover up with whatever warm they had. And um, they both said they were going to die. <laughs> oh, that is good. That's a horrible image in my head. I've, <laughs> Rick's not that good a friend. So, now Jan, uh, you, you immediately, you, you put together a journal that Micah talked about that's detailed, uh, and it's been fun sitting between services and having Rick, who'd never read, you know, finally read it now five years later. So, why did you put that journal together? Well, when I first got the phone call from Christy, uh, I wanted to get every word exactly right, what the situation was. And as the, as the night progressed, talked to Rick at 9.30, and it was five and a half hours later, one of my son-in-laws had been listening to the uh, internet to the Madison County Sheriff's Department uh, scanner communication between them and search and rescue. So, and he didn't give us that information until Rick had gotten to Bill. It, it, he was kind enough to shield us from that. But anyway, we got these, we were listening exactly to what they were saying about Bill and Rick. So I wrote everything down. But, uh, and I wanted this for my grandchildren to read and to know. And um, in May, all of us up on the stage will have Rick will have one more, and that'll be 18. So there's a lot of grandchildren now to know about their grandfathers and how God uh, used them and saved them. But um, when they pulled in the driveway, they didn't know that we were going to be out in front of the house. And it was all the grandchildren, children, son-in-laws, daughter-in-laws. The kids were laughing and playing and running. They all had balloons on their wrists. And so just as they turned in the driveway with the truck, the camper, a huge long open trailer. I just wanted to get you visualized on this, with a, uh, covered with tarps and ropes, driving straight through 38 hours. But as soon as they turned in the driveway, Christy had had a sign made, and it was probably four by eight, 
and we put it on the fence at the road. So as soon as they turned in the driveway, they saw the sign that said, Saved by God's grace and mercy. And that's what I wanted for my grandchildren. Now, when Christy called me that very first time, one of the scriptures that I held on to the whole night was Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my heart, a hymn of praise to our God. Now here we are five years later, and you look back at last weekend, and the people whose lives and hearts were changed because of what they went through, and just to be part of having someone's life change like that. This is the rest of the verse 3. Uh, many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. So the sign on the driveway, it's now saved by God's grace and mercy. That is now about the people whose lives have been changed. And now this is their story as they continue on with Christ. Mm, that's awesome. Amen. Come on, yeah. Now, in this series, the series is, uh, is going to be what we call an alignment, where we take the weekend topic and we cover it in our small group. And, and across all our campuses, there are about half of you this weekend are not involved with small group. This right here is the best picture that we could think of to show you a small group. Because there are going to be times, and as Bill said a few minutes ago, we're all going to find ourselves on that ledge. It's not going to look like what Bill's ledge looked like, but we're all going to be on the ledge. And we're all going to need a friend like Rick, who's tired and who's been all day long out, who loads a backpack full of clothes and ropes and heads out for you. See, if, if you wait until you fall off, till you fall down the mountain on a ledge and then try to build relationships, it'll be too late. And we're all going to need a Bob who's going to radio heaven, who's going to radio friends and family. We all need people who are going to start prayer chains. And if you're not in a small group, you miss. Because Jesus said, greater love has none than this, than a man lay down his life for his friend. Rick, Rick took off, but Bob would have done the same thing, and so would Bill. Why? Because they love each other. And that's what we do for our family. Amen. Give him a hand, would you? Thanks, guys, so much. Wow. Wow. I, I don't know about you, but as I watched that movie, man, I was overcome. I saw it when it was partially done. I saw it when it was finished. Then I watched it during the Easter services. And I was, the whole time, I was overcome with emotions. Did y'all feel some emotions when y'all watched it? Matter of fact, I felt emotions listening to these guys tell the stories, thinking of those wives at home and thinking of all that went on. See, we're all writing our own story, right? And, and I want to challenge you as you write the story of your life, don't do it by default. Do it by deliberate decision. Live your life with such intentionality. See, successful people are not, are not necessarily happy people. People that live their lives intentionally are. And so as we walk through this, we're going to talk about emotions. And emotions kick in in the midst of all that. We all experience emotions, and emotions can be awesome, can't they? And emotions can be awful, can't they? See, we, we, before the fall, 
in the garden, our emotions were perfect. Watch Jesus and you'll see him weep and you'll see him rejoice. He had perfect emotions, but for us, our emotions are still in a fallen state. And because of that, a, a, the, the madness of emotions can create mind monsters in our lives that devastate us. That, that, matter of fact, some of us, were so dominated by our emotions that we can barely function. Does that make sense? And then others of us men, we try to act like we don't have any emotions and we miss so much of what God wants to do in our lives. Because actually studies show, we're going to talk about this in the next couple of weeks, that men have actually more emotions than women. We just don't know how to deal with them. So we do colonar. We purge ourselves for all emotion. You know, we do the Vulcan deal. See, both ends of the emotional equilibrium are just as much in air to be so dominated by them or to be act like you don't have them. So let me, a, a thought I had while we were working on this series is emotions are gifts from God. For us to enjoy God, for us to enjoy each other, and for us to enjoy life itself. Does that make sense? See, our emotions, we enjoy fellowship. We enjoy worship. We, we enjoy things with each other. And, and so emotions are good. We're emotional beings. But we have to realize how much our emotions affect what we see, how we feel, what we believe, how they color so much of our lives. And again, this series is an alignment. And in a few minutes, I'm going to give you an opportunity, if you're not in a group, to go find one. We're going to help you get one this weekend or you will miss so much of what God wants to do. Now, our theme passage for this series, we'll, we'll auxiliary, we'll use some other verses, but it's Philippians chapter 4. Love the, If I'm discouraged, this is the book that I go to. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I say what? Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is where? He's where? If you were on a ledge in a blinding snowstorm in the middle of the night without, without good clothing, where's the Lord? If you're in the middle of a horrible divorce and life has fallen apart, where is the Lord? If you're in the middle of a bankruptcy and you do not know what your future will hold, where is the Lord? He's where? No matter if you feel like he's near or not, our emotions will tell us he's not near, but the Word of God says he is always what? That's where we have to control our emotions. Are you with me? you got to let the Word of God be true and not your emotions. Be anxious for what? Anxious is an emotion. You ever felt anxious? I'm going to tell you, if I was on that ledge, a thousand-foot drop-off, I'd have been anxious. I don't like heights. I mean, I just wouldn't have enjoyed that. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, and I'm, God means what? Everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the what? The shalom of God, which passes all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's what Bill said. Hey, when, when I didn't even know if I would see Jan, I did not know if I would see the next sunrise, the peace of God filled me on that mountain. We'll guard, we'll put a sentinel around your hearts, your minds, your emotions in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, here, this is a new formula that we're going to learn in this series, P48, Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren, whatever is what? See, here's the deal. Emotions are liars. Do your emotions lie to you? I mean, if you, you ever felt depressed? Is everything bad when you're depressed? Is anything good? No, see, but is that true? No. 
See, our emotions are liars. They lie to us. So the apostle Paul said, under the space of the Holy Spirit, whatever's true, this is what you're going to focus on, not lies, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there's anything excellence and if anything is worthy of praise, do what? Dwell. Are these eight things, is, that's where mo- is that where most Christians dwell? No. We dwell on the problems and the pain and what could happen and how awful it might be, don't we? Dwell on these things. Paul said the things that you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, all four. You heard them, you learned them, you've seen them, and, and, and you've learned in me, practice, put effort into, work on, dwell on these things, and then the God of peace will be with you. If you want to be happy, I want to, anybody want to be happy? Am I the only one? Man, I love being happy. Happy's an emotion. If you learn Philippians 4, 8, P48, if you'll learn to let your mind do that, then the God of peace will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. See, we can be victorious. We are not victims of our circumstances. So what we've got to do, we're going to learn in this series. Are you ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. How to surrender our emotions to the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about y'all, but I love emotions. I cry at movies. My boys, who are now grown men, Mock me and make fun of me when I cry at movies. No problem. Michelle and I were flying back from England. I was training pastors over there. And she looked over and she said, are you crying? I said, no, I'm not crying. Because I'd been crying for an hour and a half and she hadn't noticed, heartless thing. Don't even talk to me. And so the movie went off. She said, well, what are you crying about? Well, I said, it's too soon. It's too soon. About an hour later, she said, hey, what was that movie? That's too soon. <clears throat> okay, shh, shh, don't let me think about it. So the next day, she said, hey, what was that movie about? I said, I can tell you. There was this guy who didn't have a dad, and he got one. See, I didn't have a dad, and when I got saved, I got one. See, I'm emotional about God because he's my heavenly father. Are y'all with me? And so I, I'm emotional. I, I, I love emotions. I'm, I'm emotional about my family. We do things. We plan trips. We do things to, to make memories and be together. I'm, I'm emotional about God. I'm emotional about my wife and the joy and the, the, the great emotions I get to experience because of Michelle. I'm emotional about y'all because I am deeply committed and deeply love this church. And if you read my journal, you'll see every day where I intercede. Matter of fact, if you look in the last couple of weeks, you'll see me interceding that in this series, you will be an emotional overcomer. Are you with me? That you will no longer be, be bound, be blinded, be blasted by your emotions, but you will so learn to walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit that you now your, your emotions are controlled by the Holy Spirit, and no matter what the circumstances, you're going to walk in victory because that's the revealed will of God. See, the joy, joy is an emotion. The joy of the Lord is my strength, and that's what Jesus walked in. Now, if you reflect on your life, much of your pain and many of your problems have their seat right in the heart of your emotions. Does that make sense? And the madness of your emotions create mind monsters, anger, bitterness, jealousy, resentment, frustration, you know, all those things. Be anxious for nothing. Don't be anxious. Don't don't harbor those negative things. So let me ask you some questions. And this is introductory for this series. Do you focus on your problems over everything else? 
Because were problems one of the eight things that Paul said to focus on? But isn't this where most of us spend our time? See, do you lack the peace of God, the shalom that passes all understanding? Do you miss all the good things that are happening all around you because you've got your focus on problems? See, that's emotional bondage, and Jesus came to set us free. Do you feel overwhelmed often? Do you walk in despair, or do you experience depression on a regular basis? Those are all emotional things, right? And the mind monsters of those emotions will mess with you. They will creep in, and they'll create insecurities. They will create worries, fear, anxiety. They'll create all that. And what happens is... The emotions are the easiest access for the devil, and the number one way that Satan will rob your joy is through your emotions. Does this make sense? So don't miss a message of this series. Don't miss a message. If you're gone, get online. Stay with us. That's what the Internet Campus is for. If you need to stay connected, if you didn't invite your friends with. But if you struggle with emotions, I've got good news. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what the deal is. God has the power to defeat the madness of the mind monsters that mess with us. Do y'all believe that? Can God set us free emotionally? Somebody, come on, amen. You better believe it. So we're going we're gonna to learn P48, P48, Philippians 4, 8. We're going to work through those eight things that we're to focus on. We're going to learn, we're going to learn R cubed or R to the fourth power, which means when it comes to negative emotions, wrong emotions, we're going to do four things. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Number one, we're going to recognize them. Have you ever tried to look at someone whose emotions are overwhelming them and who sees everything wrong and try to tell them that they're not seeing it right? Have you ever had your eyes scratched out? (laughs) Are y'all with me? See, we're going to learn to recognize wrong emotions. We are going to learn to reject wrong emotions. We are going to learn to replace wrong emotions. And we are going to learn to retrain our minds to walk in victory. Does this make sense? See, Romans 12, 2 says this, do not be conformed to this world emotionally, mentally, all that, but be transformed, be transformed, the metamorpho, we get our word metamorphosed like the worm into a butterfly, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, your emotions. We're going to learn to renew ourselves. That's why I so encourage you to have a personal growth plan. Have a daily quiet time so you can get up in the morning and say, okay, God, it's a brand new day. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Control my emotions, my thought, my mind. I surrender up to you full control. Give me an attitude adjustment, a course correction. Have your way, oh God, every day. Are y'all with me? So that you can set your emotional equilibrium before the day ever starts and you can walk in victory. Not under your circumstances, but the peace of God over your circumstances. And we got people at all kind that are facing all kind of things. Divorce, bankruptcy, man, we've got, I've got friends facing all kind of things that go here. And we need the power of God. Does this make sense? And this is one of my bedrock verses, 2 Corinthians 10. Man, I've meditated and meditated and meditated because when you've got a background like mine, you've got a head full of mush. See, am I the only one that's probably got a lot of crap rolling around up here? So here's the deal. Though we walk in the flesh in this world, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not fleshy, they're not carnal, but they are divinely powerful. They are dunamis for the destruction of fortresses, which is a place set up in your mind by the enemy that he has access to. Whenever you start getting victory, he opens that door, interjects emotions, fortresses in our mind that we're going to pull down. We are going to destroy speculations. Come on, half the stuff that we worry about is never going to happen, is it? Come on. 
We sit around and worry, negative emotions. And every lofty thing that's raised up against the knowledge, that which is true, that which is good, which is honorable, worthy of praise, anything excellent, anything against the knowledge of God, we are taking every thought what? Captive to the obedience of God. We're going to learn to take emotions captive. We're going to learn to see it when it comes on and say, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I'm walking in the power of God. I am not going to succumb to that. You're not going to drag me into that. Not the devil, not anybody. I'm going to walk in victory no matter what everybody's doing around me. Is anybody with that? Man, this is the overcoming life that God wants us to, to walk in, that God wants us to experience. That's what God wants us to do. So the battlefield is the mind and the heart and the emotions. Before you ever sin, you've already lost the battle up here. Before, I mean, everything begins up here. As a man, a woman thinks in their heart, so are they. So it all happens up here. And what, what a lot of us need is we need some new glasses. We need some Gehazi glasses, not Gucci glasses, but, but Gehazi, G, glasses. Gehazi was the servant of Elisha. Elisha had been getting words from God and telling the king where the enemy was. The king was furious and sent his whole army to get Elisha. Elisha is asleep. The servant gets up, looks outside, sees that their home is surrounded, that they are dead meat. Wakes Elisha up, much like the disciples waking the Lord up in the boat. So we're dying, we're dying. Get up, get up, Elisha. Elisha said, man, don't worry about it. I'm going to go back to sleep. No, get up. We're dead. It's over. He walks Gehazi to the window, says, Gehazi, I'm going to give you some new glasses. You, you, your emotions are all off. He said, God, would you open his eyes, would you put some glasses on him that he could see that those that are for us are greater than those that are against us? And all of a sudden, Gehazi sees that the hills and the mountains are covered with the warriors of God and chariots of fire. See, that's what we have, gang. We need to understand that those that are for us are greater than those that are against us. That we have victory. We have the power of God in us. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in us. And we can walk in victory regardless of what's happening in the world if we will surrender to the Holy Spirit. Does anybody want some of this? Man, come on. This is the deal. So, so, if you've never been saved, you can't surrender your emotions to the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't live in you. The Holy Spirit moves in you at salvation. And then every day we relinquish more and more control to the Holy Spirit that's in us. He's marked us and sealed us in the day of salvation. And so if you're ready to have your sins forgiven, if you're ready to begin a new walk, if you're ready to have a relationship with God, if you're ready to receive Jesus as Lord of your life, not a pastime but prime time, not a hobby, but the Lord. If you're ready to give your life over to Jesus, with every head bowed, every eye closed, we're going to pray this confessional prayer with you. And every weekend, people open their hearts up to Jesus at our campuses and are born again. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned, and I'm so sorry. Forgive me. You died for me. You rose from the grave. I confess you as my Lord. I want to live for you. I surrender. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Renew my thinking. Help me to walk in victory. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said. Now, if you just gave 
If you just pray to receive Christ, there's a card in front of you. If you'll fill that out, drop in the offering box or take it to our next steps area. And just say, it's got a box. I prayed to to receive Christ as a pastor. Or maybe you've been coming and you haven't yet started our next steps experience. It's the second weekend at every campus. You can fill that out. Matter of fact, at all of our campuses, the praise teams and the campus pastors would all get ready. Uh, Just come on out. Because here's what we're going to do. In just about 45 seconds, I'm going to release at all of our campuses everybody that needs to find a small group. Are you with me? Now, if you think that you're going to leave and you're going to go beat, you know, everybody to the Dairy Queen, we have snipers on the roof. <laughs> snipers. So here's the deal. In just a minute, we're going to get up, and if you don't have a, uh, you don't have a group, then go out. As you leave, they're going to give you this card. And on the back side of this card is a color, co- color key. And look and see the colors. And the group that best fits you, all those groups are marked by those colors in the four, year, at four years of all of our campuses. And so, hey guys, you just saw up here with, the, with this team, with these folks, what a small group looks like. Will they pray together, study the word of God together, disciple, reach and minister and care for each other. Now, shouldn't everybody at Faith Promise be involved with an adult group? Shouldn't everybody, come on. Come on. You say, Chris, you don't understand. I don't have enough time. I don't, man, that's not, I don't, listen. It would have been too late after Bill fell off that mountain to decide. I need a group. He'd already built a years of relationship with Rick that Rick was ready to risk his life. Now, when you walk out, everybody's got this shirt on as a group leader, and any of them can help you. But, But we want to give you an opportunity. Come on, guys, don't miss this chance. It's an alignment. You'll miss what God wants to do, setting you free emotionally. I know it's a risk to go to some people you don't know but, 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 and build a relationship. It's how we do ministry at Faith Promise. So let's all stand to our feet. Right now, begin to go ahead and make your way out at every campus. Campus pastors, give instruction. So go ahead and make your way out. Come on, church. Let's give my hand. There we go. Come on now, make your way out. Let's go. Don't put this off. It starts this week. Come on. Hey, do we serve a great God? Come on, the rest of us, let's worship our God.